These days, there are many different choices for schooling in the U.S. Independent private, proprietary private, public, for-profit charter, not-for-profit charter, parochial, regional, magnet, voucher programs, and even homeschooling. What do all of these mean, and how do they impact the education your child will receive? Let's start with public schools. These are schools that are funded and managed by the government, usually at a state and town city level. In the U.S., these schools are mandated to educate all children, regardless of background, capability, income status, and even if the child has a disability or not. These are the majority of schools in the U.S. and educate the vast majority of school-age children. The teachers are mandated to go through certification and recertification to help increase their effectiveness in educating their students. Public schools are managed by a local management structure, the town city that they reside in, the state they are in, and to some level the federal government as well. This can make changes to the system sometimes challenging to accomplish. There is still experimentation, just more levels of approval for changes making it more challenging. Public schools are usually available in each town and city where there are enough students to justify a dedicated school. There are many cases across the country where there aren't enough students in an area to justify a dedicated school, so regional schools handle these cases. Students from neighboring towns will travel to a central location where a school will be built to educate the students in a region. Within public schools, a new mandate was added by the federal No Child Left Behind law that required offering public school choice if the school in the student's town was not able to meet federal standards. Some areas offer choice regardless of whether they meet the standards or not. A well-known alternative to public schools is private. Private schools educate about 10% of the students in the U.S. Private schools are broken down into a few categories. When the U.S. first started schooling in the 1600s, the form was parochial private schools. Generally run by religious institutions, these schools teach a normal curriculum with added mandatory religious classes. These are privately funded, but in many cases offer help for students from the funds of the religious institution that runs the school. Parochial schools teach the largest number of students in this segment of private schools. Independent private schools are nonprofit private schools with a board of trustees. These are schools like Exeter. A relatively new category of for-profit private schools has started coming up called proprietary private schools. These schools believe they can make changes to their curriculum more readily to meet the demands of the workplace the students will be entering. A new type of school called Charter has been introduced since the 1990s. These schools are publicly funded but privately run. The town or city a student lives in will pay the tuition costs for the charter school. There are two types of charters, for-profit and non-profit. About 5% of students that are publicly funded attend charter schools, though this number is growing as more charter schools are being built. Charters are named based on the way they form, creating a charter with the state they reside in to provide education to the students in that state. The charter is reviewed routinely, and regulation is provided by the state to ensure proper standards are being met and students continue to receive proper education. This is a growing category that is popular amongst students and parents, with many wait lists for students that would prefer to attend charter schools if there are openings in the area. In general, quality of outcomes has been higher with charters 
than their public equivalents. Within public schools, another option is regional magnet schools, which started in the 1970s. These schools recognize the diversity in student ability and offer schools tailored to specific talents for those students, say a regional public school that is dedicated to promoting artistic ability, or one dedicated to students who show higher ability in STEM, which is short for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. Another option is vouchers. Vouchers provide an option for parents to choose which school to send their children to, and the state covers some or all of the cost based on a voucher the parent receives to pay the school. This option has existed for quite some time, as far back as the 1800s, to help parents in areas where there were no public schools, but some parochial options existed. This gave parents an opportunity to utilize the parochial school of their choice. Voucher programs have been expanded over the years in various forms to try and give parents more school choice even if a public school choice is readily available. A voucher can be used for a public school as well if the tax structure requires it. Lastly, there is homeschooling. This allows parents to teach their children at home, either themselves or by hiring a tutor. Homeschooling is an option in all 50 states, each of which has their own regulations on homeschooling. About 3% of students in the U.S. are homeschooled. Each state has their own rules on curriculum, testing, and group activities for the children. Homeschooling has the advantage of giving full attention to the child. Homeschooling is also common for children that have significant extracurricular activities, such as actors, athletes, or musicians. Their day-to-day -day schedule makes attending school during the day a challenge, so homeschooling is often an option to allow them to pursue their early career. With this many choices, a majority still choose public schools for their children. What will you choose? Please comment on your choices for schooling in the comments section. This is a production of Masterform, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating people about their government. My name is Hargi Chani. Thanks for listening.